0: episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening, and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers, Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing Protection Magic, binaural production engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great. And monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, is Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and your contributions are appreciated. And now, without any further ado, our guest for today is Sunbo, true brother, and uh, he has written a series of books about the Sasquatch message to humanity. Thank you for coming on, Sunbo. Uh, Hi,
1: Gary. Thanks for welcoming me on your show again.
0: Yes, fantastic. So, for those who probably didn't listen to the previous episode with you, um, could you give me a brief overview of how you came in contact with Sasquatch and started uh, channeling his messages.
1: Sure. Uh, it all started, well, we could go back life past in the uh, you know, previous lives. But, uh, in this life, it started, um, when I was around 18, uh, it was in, uh, uh 1981 when I had my first close encounter and, um, the fraser valley in british Columbia, uh, by chihalis which is a native reservations of the Stylus or uh salish coast salish people from whom the very name sasquatch comes and uh we were my first encounter was uh just like we were 10 young young men uh, camping in the woods and in the middle of the night Uh, Sasquatch came and put down our camp, uh, so uh, our roof fell in in our face, and uh, one of us saw it or in, and uh, we couldn't believe what he he mentioned, like a big hairy monster that vanished, like a ghost, uh, but uh, we couldn't find any uh, explanation uh, as to what had come. In the middle of the night in a very dark uh, night uh, with heavy rain in the middle of the wood to put down our camp and snapped uh, like six inches beam six inches uh, wide thick beam Wow. like a uh, toothpick so mm-hmm. that first uh, experience it was for me just the beginning of my path i, I did the in that same week i took my first vision quest as I had been uh, instructed by a medicine man how to proceed uh, with fast and prayers in the wilderness. And I had my first uh, encounter with my first spirit guide. So it went on uh, for many years of uh, similar experiences. I heard uh, Sasquatch uh, scream and run uh, in Northern California in 86. Mm -hmm. And uh, different. Uh, then, uh, the most significant ones, I would say, well, the next one was in 92 when I was with a friend camping in uh, Algonquin Park in Ontario. And uh, the friend who was taking us there, a very skilled woodsman, and uh, he's, he's, he had been all over those woods. And he had had an uh, encounter with Sasquatch. He's the first one I met who had Uh, first-hand encounters and um, we found structures and then we heard footsteps and we were thrown pine cones uh, all kinds of things I didn't quite understand back then but uh, with more research and experience I found out that's very common ways for the Sasquatch to manifest themselves to communicate and so it went on for several years but uh, to to get to the point, um, when I was, uh, turned 50 in, uh, 2014, I went for the first time to where my, uh, native, uh, grandfather was born and that, uh, part of my, uh, lineage from the Cree, uh, Nehiawe people of, uh, in northern Saskatchewan, and I found, um, Well, several things from my lineage, including the grave of my great, great grandfather Hmm. and doing research in the old gazettes. I found out that uh, him and his twin brother, when they were around eight years old, they were found in the northwest territories by some Cree trappers living in the woods. They had. they were wearing raw hides, eating bugs and roots and living in a hut of branches and they didn't speak any human language. So they were adopted by those Cree trappers and taken into the, their communities in Saskatchewan, Northern Saskatchewan, where um, uh, I later uh, co- contacted my Cree cousin who's the family historian and asked her about that story and she told me that we have Sasquatch in the family. So I'm, uh, I knew from that day that I'm um, 132nd, I'm part Sasquatch. Uh-huh. So that kind of uh, from then on, Sasquatch had been like a curiosity for me. Like, so one of the many interesting topics that i had been looking in, like UFOs, because I have many UFO sightings since uh, decades. And contacts, communications. But from that day, uh, Sasquatch, I, I realized I'm part Sasquatch, so they're close relatives. And I, I really became very curious and wanted to, to know them, to find out who they are. And from that moment, um, uh, it went for a whole year when I started having visits, uh, phenomenons, uh, that I, I, it took me a long time to understand what was going on, but I could hear uh, footsteps on my roof. I was living in a school bus then uh, that would shake the bus uh, more than once. And I would uh, or around my my place. Then I would uh, one night I saw one Sasquatch come and walk and I heard him at the same time and stood uh, right across the window about six feet from me, looking at me for a good long minute. And I was still uh, unsure of what was happening and if it was real, if it was my imagination, if that I, I could hear and see. And, and uh, so from one of these experiences, to the next to the next one, uh, I started to develop my uh, connection with them. Mm-hmm. Until uh, May 2015, when uh, after about one year of those phenomena around me, I, I was convinced by then that, yeah, that's the Sasquatch trying to contact me because I'm curious about meeting them uh, as a relative. So I went on a vision quest on uh, Vancouver Island which is uh also called sasquatch island because that's the place where there's the largest uh number of um reports of sightings and encounters of sasquatch uh right. since uh, long uh, the culture the native cultures there have uh very significant mm-hmm. stories about sasquatch for generations they are on their totem poles and the they know those beings very well. Uh, so I went to uh, on the west side of Vancouver Island to Kennedy Lake. It's a lot big lake. And uh, it's by Clayoquot Sound. And uh, I just camped there and um, I said, Well, I'm gonna stay here until I find out something about Sasquatch. So the first day I went with my friend canoeing very far in a remote part of the lake and I found my first footprints, they were about 13 inches long and that was a good sign to tell me well, we're at the right place at the right time. So I stayed uh, alone for a few more days, about on the eighth day, I decided to do ceremonies So I took out my uh, medicine drum and my Hopi flute and um, did some chants and prayers and smudge and uh, calling on the good spirit to give me a sign. And that was that same night that um, Sasquatch, whom I became to know as Camus, uh, as uh, an eldest elder of the Sasquatch people and also a relative. Uh, myself, and uh he came and um, <clears throat> I heard him come first, I heard him shake trees and break them two in a row and then uh well, I heard knocks first and then trees being shaken and broken, and his f- footsteps coming my way, and he sat just behind my tent mm-hmm. and so uh that was my answer. I wanted to meet them, and they And he came, and I so I started to greet him in in uh, telepathy because uh, I've been an animal communicator for uh, many years, and uh, that's how that's the universal language is telepathy. Is when you you want to speak to a a deer or a bear or birds, uh, you can try to mimic their sounds, but uh, you'll have probably better success if you speak and telepathy with your thoughts, with your intentions, just uh, express uh, these thoughts in your uh, behavior in your, um, through your eyes. And every animal understand that language. I've had uh, a lot of practice with that before connecting with Sasquatch. So that's how I address Sasquatch. And to my great, great surprise, uh he answered back he answered back and um, he started teaching me about who they are. He first told me that they were expecting me, they had called me, and uh, since I had called them, they were coming to meet me and then he started to tell me about all our connect the relation between humans and sasquatch, uh, who they are, where they come from, uh, uh, same as with us humans. Our connection with the star people, the star elders, uh, whom some of whom we carry their genes, and uh, it started this way, and it went on and on, and so I had all this information download. Uh, the next day, you know, as I was sitting there again at night, I, I asked again. I say, is that, is that all happening in my imagination in my mind, you know, Uh and right, right away, uh, a whirlwind came and turned around me and stopped right next to my ear. And I heard a whisper in my ear telling me that's real. Uh, The following day, as I left the site and walked out, I I heard Sasquatch calling me and I answered back and forth. Uh, One voice was a female i got to know later Uh, so when i got out of that vision quest i felt totally transformed totally like a new life was starting for me one that is totally outside of mainstream that has um that is very hard to share on a public platform or on a wide scale audience right because uh, these topics are very taboo. They're very also, um, uh, they're very uh, question. Let's say that there's a lot of people who don't believe any of this, even less. I mean, more people are ready to believe there might be some kind of an unknown primate out there. But when we start talking about intelligent beings with psychic powers, that are uh, wise caretaker of nature and of our planet that are close relatives to us. Uh, The more we lose audience because the mainstream Bigfoot world uh, doesn't in general doesn't accept that kind of uh, interpretation. But the mainstream Bigfoot world, if you uh, if you study it in detail, uh, everything that's been published so far and said on uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of it is uh, theories, speculations, and uh, no direct experience. So what I found out very soon is that the best source of information about Sasquatch is first is the Sasquatch themselves. And second is the uh, people who had contacts with them first and encounters. And Third, or maybe second as well, is um, the indigenous cultures, uh, whether North American natives or uh, Australian or Tibetan, uh, that are cultures that have known and interacted with those beings for many, many generations. So they have a much higher understanding and knowledge about who those beings are than uh, most modern researchers. So, where did they come
0: from? Are they native to this planet? Because, like, I know you mentioned that they are are star elders. What exactly does that mean?
1: Well, like uh, like us, that's what they explained to me. And uh, that's been uh, somewhat confirmed by a certain uh, genetic research. Namely, the Sasquatch Genome Project, in a way, uh, that it, they have 99% uh, the same DNA than humans. Mm-hmm. So we are very close related. But the remaining 1% is uh, there's things unknown. That's, so in other words, uh, alien. Just like uh, us, human, we're the only officially known species that has splice genes. So which does not occur in nature. That means we have been, at some point, uh, genetically modified. And uh, if we go even deeper into this, um, Chinese geneticists have uh, identified 265 different horizontal genes, as they call, which have been introduced in our uh, human uh, DNA lineage from uh, external sources, that means there's a lot of uh, genetic modifications in our genome. It's the same with the Sasquatch, except we humans have been, well, we can say about six million years, uh, according to science, that uh, we've been on this planet uh, and less uh, for modern human, Homo sapiens, probably two or 300,000 years at this point, because they keep finding older things. Mm -hmm. But uh, Sasquatch, we know because there's uh, lots of samples of human-like petrified footprints around the world, several in the United States. I saw uh, some myself, namely in the Painted Desert in Arizona, and they're usually bigger than human size, they can go uh, 18 inches, two feet long. And uh, so and they're dated up to 300 million years. So that's uh, official geological science. So we can guess that the, the Sasquatch have been around for this long, which is many, many more times uh, the time lost humans have, have had. So they've had more chances to uh, interbreed with different types of tar people as well as with different uh, hominins that make our human uh, bloodline or uh, ancestry. Interesting. So does that
0: mean that humans and Sasquatches um, were both results of genetic experiments probably from aliens?
1: that's what it points out to and that's what they've been telling me which is also confirmed by uh, plenty of sources whether uh, scientific or um channeling and um one thing uh, is that uh, those modific- genetic modifications were not all made by the same groups or with the same intention uh we know uh that through all these uh different interventions in our genome some were made with a good intention of uh let's say enhancing or improving our uh, abilities uh, um, and some were made with uh bad or harmful intention to uh control us to for instance the Uh, We can we can we know that the Cro-Magnon had a bigger brain than than we do as uh, modern humans. So something happened there to reduce our brain size. Uh, We know also that, uh, for instance, the Sasquatch have um, very often uh, occipital um, conical uh, skull Mm -hmm. because they have an extra chakra the, the, the eighth chakra that we used to have but uh, that's we've been deprived from it so we are we have become more logical uh, but we lost some of our uh, psychic and spiritual abilities interesting
0: one of the things that you mentioned in your book too is that um, sasquatches are still part of a star, a star council with the extraterrestrials and humans are no longer part of
1: that group. Yeah, uh, there's actually a few rare humans who are still uh, admitted in the Council of Star Elders. Uh, Basically, uh, well, I've met one uh, uh, he was a Hopi elder called uh, White Bear or uh, Oswald Fredericks one of the main sources for the book of the Hopi. I I met him three times at his home. Uh, He gave me a lot of teachings and among these, he had a collection of old spaceship parts in his yard that he had collected in the desert. And he he told me that uh, the star elders used to land their ship behind his house on uh, the famous Hopi prophecy rock. That's where they were given their stone tablets thousands of years ago uh, by the star people. And uh, so he told me also that he was the last human or Hopi in a way that was part of the Council of Star Earth. They would come pick him up and fly him. Uh, around the world or to hire uh ships and things like that to to counsel uh but uh and indeed uh, the sasquatch the great majority because they have remained faithful to the what the Hopi call the plan of creation the the natural law they have not destroyed the environment they have learned to live in perfect harmony with it they have uh kept their psychic and spiritual uh, ability and consciousness to, to so they could reach what we call interdimensional abilities. They can they are not trapped into the physical plane like uh, us humans, like or at least a great great majority of humans, because uh, our evolution has brought us into uh, more and more uh, materialistic uh ways and and values so we've lost uh some or at least in in general on our scale we've lost our spiritual understanding and abilities so the sasquatch uh as many tribes and uh, i do too, call them our elders uh, elder relatives elder brothers they are like elders they are watching over us they are watching over this planet and they they are ready to teach when we are ready to learn They uh, they, they reach out more and more at this time because of the critical situation we humans are causing on this planet, destroying ecosystems and biodiversity, and ourselves, by the way. And um, so they definitely want to help us to realign and reconnect with the natural laws, which at the same time reconnect us with the Council of Star Elders, because they've always been there. Uh, they're like watchers, they get, they oversee the creation and evolution of wo- worlds. And whether uh, I asked, I met, I met uh, many spaceships and asked them where they come from. And they said, they answered to me, they come from many places I never heard of. And they are the Council of Star Elders. They're basically When any any soul from any species reaches a a level of uh, spiritual development and evolution that reconnects them with their, what we we could call the divine self or higher self, Uh, they become a master. Some would say ascended master. Uh, There's a lot of different terminology we can use, but uh, there's a level where the physical realm is not a, a limit anymore because consciousness can travel between dimensions and which re- which leads eventually to uh, immortality. So those beings are watching over the world's including ours and they, they see us a bit like children who are experimenting and who are doing tests and trials and mistakes so we can learn to, to become better and, and um, to, to understand uh, better the law of the universe
0: so the extraterrestrials and Sasquatch are sort of working together to help redirect humanity from destroying the earth and destroying ourselves
1: yes that's uh, exactly what they've been uh, telling me and, and showing me because Uh, I, for one, but many other uh, uh, other testimonials or uh, reports uh, mention uh, in the same experience, in the same encounter, or in a close time, the presence of Sasquatch and spaceships together. Um, They have uh, shown me, I mean, for me, they have shown so show, showed up at the same time or, or same evening, for instance, uh, and told me they they are working together, especially the elders of the Sasquatch people, or let's say the ma- spiritual masters among them. So they um, they have been um, more and more uh, not only the Sasquatch but also other star beings trying to uh, awaken humanity. But at this point of our evolution, you're probably aware that uh, when some spaceship come, there's footage from NASA, even that uh, when some spaceship come near the Earth, they get shot at or they get, uh, you know, they send jets after them. And Mm -hmm. so they cannot come so easily in the open at this point. Their way to communicate with humanity is by contacting some of us, some people who are uh, who have either uh, channel abilities or uh, who have uh, developed their connection with them. So we can be like some kind of ambassadors to connect uh, humanity with the rest of our cosmic family.
0: Wow! So. Let's dive into their message for humanity. Um, What are some of the things that we are doing wrong? And have they prescribed any antidotes to correct it?
1: Yes, they talk a lot about this. Um, It's all, they say we need to remember our soul. Uh, It's all because the whole purpose of uh, incarnating Uh, in a physical plane is to it's like a school to learn to to uh, evolve spiritually and to raise our consciousness to heal ourselves in in other words to uh, sanctify our soul and this uh, takes a a long process takes a lot of tests and trials and uh, mistakes but um, this is the only way we can really bring long-lasting results to to our society Uh, because uh, what happened what what we did wrong is is we we uh, became very materialistic uh as a human race in general um or we lost ourselves in some uh, unlikely cults as well but um so we we have to remember our true essence which is the true purpose of our existence is not to uh to pile up wealth or gain power over others or build empires as we've been doing that that's uh, the way of destruction and uh causes a lot of harm and uh, that all needs to be healed afterward uh, what we call karma So basically, uh, we could say like the, like some term that describe the process is, uh, uh, the Dharma, which is the way, uh, the virtue, the virtuous way, the way to, of sanctification,
0: to, Mm -hmm.
1: to work on becoming better humans, more loving, more wise, uh, more connected and this way. We can solve every problem, whether it is war, poverty, hunger, uh, all are related, are caused basically by greed and uh, power, hunger. So that's what we need to shift in our consciousness. And it, it starts by individually. Uh, we, we, we start with ourselves, and it makes ripples around. Uh, we cannot necessarily change other people's or uh, consciousness, or the governments, or the institutions. We can just uh, give our support and attention to what deserves it and withdraw our support from what doesn't deserve it or what could be harmful for our evolution. Right.
0: Um, so at what point, like, like, like how did humanity get so far off course to begin with?
1: There's been, uh, when we talk about star people, there's all kind of star people. They're not all uh, what I call star elders who are like uh, spiritual elders. There are also uh, intraterrestrial uh, species that have lived on Earth longer than humans. And there's a lot of uh, reports from ancient tradition as well as uh, modern Sources that uh, uh, describe this or address those beings. So there's been that let's say the 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 path of harmony. Uh, the, like the, the universal law is is a harmonious perfection. We just go off and cause uh, disharmonies that cause harm and that create a chain reaction like domino effect that bring more and more harm that we need to do more and more work to heal and to to solve. So there's been uh, star beings, uh, some factions, some groups that have also had um, control agendas and uh, have been trying to uh, manipulate our, our genetics or uh, control our thoughts or, or use uh, technologies we can't understand. Up to this day, there's been uh, i mean millions of years of this cosmic war happening where uh, we are uh, very young um, very uh, unequally skilled in this uh, this war that uh, so that explains you know there's there's been evil, uh, evil let's call it evil uh, if it is uh, that is still uh, is still Happening that has caused a lot of suffering on our planet, uh, not only for humans but for all uh, life forms. Uh, uh, in my in the message I received that I transmitted, the, I call those powers the lower lords because they're not uh, necessarily lower in, in power or in uh, in rank. But it's not a hierarchical uh, term; it's more like a, a frequency. Our intention, uh, if they have lower intention, lower frequencies of trying to um, control. And I mean, uh, everyone with a bit of uh, discernment can see this happening you know, on, on, our, on our planet. Hmm. So, w-
0: the war that is going on, um, is it more of a war that is going on in the field of our consciousness rather than one that a person would normally associate with like, you know, guns and bombs and things like that.
1: It is a combination. Uh, there's a lot of uh, material means that are used uh, and that includes also a lot of humans, uh, human groups that use, uh, you know, all kind of mind control, uh, or weather manipulation or uh, genetic manipulations, uh, secret weapons. But the, what causes the use of those technologies, let's say it's, uh, it's consciousness, it's a lower consciousness trying to uh, uh, control and harm. So the, the source the, the root, the essence of the whole War, we can say, or, or this uh, struggle is uh starts in consciousness,
0: hmm. so it's a
1: psychic war and a physical war exactly because the greatest resource in the universe it's uh it's not gold or platinum or it's not uh diamonds, it's uh, the that all. There are all tools, water, everything, uh, even DNA. It can be a tool or a weapon. But the greatest resource, the, let's say the controllers, or the, the, the power-hungry entities are after is our souls. The souls. That's what they want to get. Because once you, got, you get the soul, you control the soul, you control the world. If you you can put uh, a whole entire population in jail, that if you don't control their soul, you haven't won. And they know that they know that uh, that's why there's been so many uh, techniques of mind control long before we heard of uh, MQ Ultra, for instance, Uh, uh, psychotronics. Now they have technologies to control and affect not only the mind, but the bodies, Uh, all those things uh, are weapons to come after our souls and we can I mean if we could if I'm allowed to say uh, we could see that right now with uh, this so-called medical uh, some say apartheid could be that's the the so-called medical new rule new norm that's been imposed globally is often with totalitarian measures or repression for those who who refuse or who don't agree with it. So what is the purpose of all this? is to get our souls under their domination. As long as we keep uh, our own spiritual integrity, uh, they have not won.
0: So what exactly is a soul, and how does
1: one protect it? Right. Well, we, we, we are multidimensional beings. And our um, materialistic society intentionally try to make us forget or deny this reality. But we know even with official mainstream science, that physical matter makes at the most three or four percent of all the energy we can scientifically measure, which makes uh, let's say 96, 97% of the energy we can actually detect. That is not physical at all. So that means they're part of other dimensions, uh, or, uh, realms, whatever we want to call it. Uh, I have in my second book of the message, Sasquatch message to humanity, they went very deep in details about explaining what are those dimensions? Are they, they function how they interact? And because we are also part of all those dimensions. Hmm. Uh,
0: So can you describe some of those dimensions? Um, Like, I've always sort of wondered, well, not wondered, like, I kind of believe that we're living in some type of um, multidimensional holographic grid. Is, Is that what they would say? Or do they have a different type of model
1: for it? well that yeah exactly that's that's part of uh of it um the way uh they explained it through through me is uh which as can be confirmed by science or other sources actually in my second book there's at least uh, three or four uh statements that I, uh, are made that um, were confirmed in the following years by scientific discoveries so that uh kind of shows me the show, shows the validity of those uh, statements to start with let's say there's the first dimension the first uh, it, 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 mathematics uh, are necessary to explain and understand those things okay uh, the first dimension we describe it as a straight line that is infinite what is a straight line is an alignment of points dots what are those dots? A dot is uh, unity of zero space. So uh, it, I'll try to summarize because uh, the technical aspect can be quite complex, but um, basically the first dimension is the only one that ex- exists uh, beyond space that is uh, infinite uh, in time and uh that is uh, unique and that is part of all other dimension uh, because to do any kind of mathematics, you need the zero and the one that are making the first dimension. Okay. So this first dimension is, uh, we, uh, we could call it consciousness uh, or spirit, uh, but um, it's like quantum physics teach us that. Consciousness is the first condition to any existence. Nothing exists in our world without consciousness to observe it. So, from there, from the first consciousness, infinite, eternal, let's say uh, omnipresent, and definitely omnipotent, because you can multiply one or zero an infinity of times at infinite power to always remain the same. So this uh, first uh, universal internal consciousness is a condition of all other existence. We, some, we could say is the creator. But from there, uh, what is the second dimension is when you cross two lines and you obtain a flat plane that stretches indefinitely. Uh, this flat plane has a top and a bottom, there's a above and a below. So there's a duality there. Uh, What is this flat plane to make it uh, easier to understand uh, what some call the flat universe or the one unified field is uh, if we take a holograph, the the holograph is the plate, laser plate that holds the data. We could compare it to a computer disk, and the hologram is the is the projection from it. But let's mm-hmm. start with the holograph, which, or uh, let's say a computer disk, for instance. Right. It all the old uh, data, the entire image, or let's say the the entire story of the universe. We call can call it the. Universal mind, or uh, in Sanskrit, we would say Akasha, is the space outside of time, because it's it's not in three D, it's in two D, so it's uh, the the blueprint of all information, past, present, and future that is contained in it, and um, to uh, so uh, we if we break an holograph into small pieces, each small piece contains the same entire image except the smaller it is the um, the less detail and the less uh specific it becomes it becomes more and more blurry so we we can compare this to the universal mind we call akasha that's some uh clairvoyant or uh, medium can reach to read past and future but that is uh, fractured into an infinity of small fractions, small parts. That each all the in potential the entire universal mind. But each small part can only express it in part. Right. So to make this uh, akasha, this uh, universal. Uh, data bank we could say uh beyond linear time to make it manifest into space it takes movement and where uh, the movement start is through waves uh nikola tesla said that if we want to understand the universe we have to understand the waves uh if you take that to the plane flat plane flat universe and you start sending uh, undulations and waves on it then it becomes it turns into 3d and this these waves is uh, scientifically we know that that's everything on the universe travels on waves um, and these waves travel can travel at any kind of speed uh, uh, for instance the cosmic ray so uh, what we call the cosmic ray basically is it's not a ray it's a uh, infinite or a continuous flow of uh, very very small particles uh, mostly neutrinos of different types right that, that make the what we call the black matter or dark mm-hmm. matter if it's called black black matter it's only because it travels faster than light and uh, light can reach it so it it remains dark but it does uh, ex- i mean it, it can be calculated <coughs> sorry <coughs> it can be um uh harnessed also and um so this uh dark matter which possibly uh, according to estimates could make up to nine 90 percent 80 or 90 percent of the universe um, is uh, what I uh, we often call the astral thing because first, astral because it travels between the stars, between the sidereal uh, realms, and it's, it travels faster than life. Uh, we are actually uh, always constantly bombarded by neutrinos that go right through matter, mm-hmm. just like we could say uh, a ghost or an astral body uh, that can come. Through us, out of us, or uh, through through walls or whatever. So that takes us into the third dimension. The third dimension, which is a space, but still, uh, it's still beyond uh, linear time. So it's a space outside of time. So that's uh, everything that happens in our uh, thoughts, emotions, every wave. We emanate, or that everything else emanates, um, travel in that realm. What makes, what turns this realm into uh, physical, is when uh, those waves slow down uh, below the speed of light. Light itself is made of waves and particles, we call photons. Right. So that's the only thing we know that is uh, because it's the limit. It's like the gateway between the physical and non-physical dimensions. So the the light, uh, when anything slows down below the speed of light, the light can reach it. Uh, Any information that travels on those waves and when uh, light reaches it, it uh first it and it lights it lights up and second there's a reaction that's called uh photoelectric reaction that uh every particle becomes um charged mm-hmm. by the light energy. There's a, an electric charge, either positive, negative negative or neutral that happens when the light reaches anything. So that when we, we get into this 4D physical plane, which is uh, can only exist below the speed of light. Uh, uh, it, that's what makes linear time, because if you go faster than light, time dissolves. If you go, you can even uh, go around the universe and come back before you left, because the light uh, is what is the, line, the borderline that defines time. How do we calculate linear time? We, it's by the um, movement of the celestial bodies, whether sun, moon, stars, that are, uh, and the light, they emanate. Uh, but when we look at the stars, uh, we see stars that may be uh, 10 or 20 or 1,000 or 1 million yeah. light years ago. So that's what we're seeing. Back in the past, what, what we, when we look at a star at one thousand year a light years a, away, we, we're looking one thousand years in the past. Exactly. That's what the, that image of that star reaches us. It takes one thousand years. So that's I explained that linear time is totally an illusion. It's a. Um, it's basically a. Uh, Yeah, it's a illusion. It's a a way of, uh, it's very related. Depending on the speed you go, depending uh, where you are in the universe, where you look at, uh, linear time uh, varies. And uh, when, um, so that's what defines the physical plane, which is like we said earlier, a very thin slice of all the energies we, we are able to,
0: Interesting. You mentioned the speed of light. Um, how
1: does the speed of thought compare to the speed of light? A great question. Yeah, exactly. That's where, that's what takes us back to um, in, uh, multi-dimensionality or inter-dimensional abilities. Um, well, I just I distinguish between the two because multi-dimensional defines that. Everything, like us, like the universe, is made of multiple dimensions. And uh, third dimensionality for me is uh, an ability or an understanding that uh, we can travel between those dimensions. So the speed of thought is uh, basically like we, we said in the, the third dimension that travels faster than light, where you can uh, go around the universe and come back before you left. So that's much faster than light. That's much faster than uh, any physical travel is possible. Uh, uh, thought is not just an abstract concept; it mm-hmm. is a real. Uh, it's, it's part of reality. We have uh, brain waves, but we also can prove it's been proven with uh, plenty of studies that we can communicate through liberty across the world and instantly. Well, I could mention some study like the Russians did and stuff. But uh, there's been a lot of studies about telepathy. And we can find out that uh, and the best one, I would say I would suggest people practice it, Uh, practice it yourself and see for yourself. And one of the best way to start is with animals, because they understand this language naturally. So if you see a bird or an animal in your backyard, even in your pet, and you send them a good thought, usually with that's what it's for, you know, like a loving thought, wishing them peace, wishing them uh, health, and uh, uh, they will feel it right away. Uh, and with practice, you're gonna see them react and respond. They're gonna. I've seen. I mean, I've seen so many times deer just walk to me because I'm sending them love or stuff like that. Um, so that's. To uh, answer your question, yeah, the speed of thought is definitely pretty much uh, beyond linear time. So it's and we could say as fast as it could get, uh, it's instant. Mm-hmm. And if we go one step beyond, if we go back to the second dimension, which is the universal mind, as we explain or Akasha. Uh, well, in that case, um, past, present, and future coexist all at once so there's definitely uh people who can tap or uh reach into that plane definitely there's uh no more time limit so we can even um with our thoughts we can travel travel back and forth in time but we can Mm -hmm. also it can also be done with technology Uh, that's why uh, for instance in um the big uh, particle colliders like CERN, which is only one uh, among many, uh, they extract black matter and uh, antimatter um, because they, that's the that's a key to time travel. So by t- tapping with the, in those realms, and they they all, uh, all tell it themselves openly, you know, with quantum computer, that's what they do right uh, they tap in other realms and use that energy and they say it's because it processes a million times faster than a normal computer but it also allows them to uh it, as they they say themselves to read the reality as we know it so that's why we have things like the mandela effect uh, where uh thousands if not millions of people around the world uh, have memories that uh, about certain things, certain events, certain songs, titles, quotes that are now changing the archives. You go back into the archives, and it's not what you remember all your life. And if it, you know, some call it uh, could be a mismemory or. But when we talk about uh, millions of people around the world, we say, "No, that I've always learned this song this way, as a kid, all my life, and now you look back and it's different." Uh, there's, you know, there's hundreds of examples of it. So that's because they're playing with this interdimensional uh, operations, tapping into other dimensions that allows them to create it even the best interesting if
0: human beings learn how to harness their ability to travel through the speed of thought sort of like what you have i suppose with the telepathy the communication with Sasquatch, will that also help us stop being so destructive
1: It is. Uh, Well, it's like any knowledge, whether it is uh, scientific or uh, psychic or uh, we could say magic. um, It is what makes the whole difference is what's the intention and the purpose and why maybe we're not any further than a certain level. Is often because we're not ready to to access those no this knowledge or that whatever, even technology. Uh, because science without conscience is but ruin of the soul. And we see today, uh, I mean, for anyone who has some kind of spiritual consciousness and understanding, we can see that science is also being weaponized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's being used as a way to control and to uh whatever deplete <laughs> biodiversity, genocide uh, I, I mean a lot of the technology is being wrongly used absolutely uh, also a lot of that technology we don't, uh, most people don't even have a slightest clue about what's being out there being used right now that's definitely true
0: absolutely Um. so what do you think what tools or what things um, will give humanity the best chance for survival?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, I would say spiritual teachings or guidance from uh, ancient and modern sources uh, or prophecies or uh, sacred texts that been warning us and telling us that we to know ourselves we must know the universe or the law of the universe which makes the law of nature. Uh, We must understand uh, which involves that we must understand the interdimensional nature of of the universe and of ourselves. So that's one thing that Sasquatch have been trying to and to start people to remind us that uh, we have to to evolve beyond materialism, which is uh, harmful in itself because it's all about like uh, fast profit and gain and getting control and domination over nature and over even our, our peers, which can only be harmful in the long term uh, so if we evolve in our consciousness and we remember those universal law that, for instance, cooperation works better than competition. Um, this kind of things, we are interdependent, so we cannot destroy life or ecosystems and expect to, to get away with it. It's going to catch us up, uh, at some point. So one of the main thing is to, to remember basically by remembering the interdimensional nature of Ourselves, we remember our soul. We remember, like you said, uh, the thought that travels faster than, than light. So we know that, um, I mean, wh- regardless of what we say, if we have bad thoughts, it's still affecting the world. It's still affecting our lives. Uh, so we have to work on ourselves, on our souls within, to to really make a a, a long lasting, real beneficial change that will uh, affect by the way our our lifestyle our environments, our technologies and the the use we we make of them.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, Are there any
0: humans existing off this planet do you think? Have you been made aware of that through Sasquatch or through what they've learned through the Star Elders?
1: I uh, probably most likely, uh, there's been uh, interstellar, intergalactic travels and contacts uh, ever since long before humans existed. You know, that's why we are, we have been, we can say, uh, watched and monitored ever since we were conceived and uh, existed. We have. Uh, we have not. They have not only come to, um, to let's say, uh, interfere in our uh, genetic lineage, but also to give us teachings and, and underst- um, t- understanding and knowledge uh, to help us to guide us in our uh, evolutionary path. So, um, uh, of course, like uh, there's been humans that have. Um, been taken elsewhere uh sometime on well if we talk about going on spaceship uh, i am one among many who has been taken on on spaceships mm-hmm. uh, at least in my uh, astral body uh, but uh very clear vivid vision with uh, detailed technical details and all kind of explanation and teaching the information download that I returned with even they can let you a little uh, can leave you a little physical mark to show you that that was real was not a dream. Hmm. Uh, So uh, yeah, there's definitely humans that have been since early on uh, taken elsewhere and probably some have uh, lived on uh, other planets. And uh, actually, in some stories, some of them uh, have returned later, Uh, more evolved or more advanced than we are.
0: Hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, I I had a question I was going to ask, it, and I kind of forgot. Oh, I know what it was. It's a little bit off topic, but I was watching um, the news this morning, and there was Mm -hmm. a, a young child who is missing in the wilderness for three days and they don't know how he survived do you think that sasquatch sometimes if they find children in the wild will help them to survive until they are found
1: oh yeah definitely uh i'm not sure if it's the same story you mentioned if it's recent yeah it was like this morning i saw it Oh okay because uh there was a similar story that uh Couple of years ago, it went out. I think I put it in my book, I put it on my website anyway. I have a three year old child that was lost for three days in the wilderness, I think in North Carolina, And, and in winter. Um, and he was found sound uh, and safe. And uh, he said he had survived with his bear friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that one. Yeah. So there's, uh, actually, in my uh, encyclopedia of all things Sasquatch, there's uh, several cases that I documented there that, um, that I shared uh, in my research and uh, where a lot of uh, stories, even since uh, Native days, since old, the old days, that there were people who were sometimes maybe abducted or sometimes uh, rescued. And that have uh, spent time or uh, with Sasquatch and live. And there's also cases of uh, women getting pregnant uh, from them or uh, similar stories. Uh, in other case, cases, um, the Sasquatch required human help for like with medicines or different things. So basically, uh, we've been, we're like two parallel humanities, but there's been, uh, I'm sure, tens of thousands, if not, if not much more uh, cases of uh, interactions and on all continents. We also find, uh, if we go to, uh, I, I described several in my encyclopedia uh all over north america uh australia and tibet for just to mention these where there's been several cases of um hybrids of uh people born from um half sasquatch or yeti and a human most often a human mother that's what the sasquatch genome project also shows that the, the mitochondrial uh, DNA from the mother is often from uh, human and uh, is often, often also from small, isolated cultures or, or tribes that have had long history of contact with Sasquatch. So it's not random, it's kind of selected and part Of a process.
0: Interesting. So, is that how you ended up uh, with some Sasquatch DNA? Did it have anything also, and did it have anything to go back to um, some of your elder relatives that were found living out in the woods, the, the, the twins?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, twins seem to be common. Uh, I don't have enough data uh, about. You know, but there's several mentions of people who saw uh, Sasquatch with twin youth, twin, twin children. And um, that could be just like a different genetic or uh, reproductive system. Uh, also, we, we have to understand that when we talk about uh, hybrids and um, uh, interbreeding between species, it's not necessarily a physical uh, intercourse or it's not necessarily a test tube experiment either because uh, it's been proven uh, that the DNA code like any other information can be transmitted through on waves for instance on laser that's what they've done in labs where they could transfer, uh, for instance, uh, duck DNA into chicken eggs. And the chicken would be born with a duck uh, beak. So uh, similarly, if someone has enough highly developed psychic abilities, they can uh, transfer their their DNA into uh, an egg, for instance uh without even any uh, physical contact there's a lot of uh stories of women who had hybrid children that uh, often are retrieved before being uh like born or at term Uh, often um, in a very short period much shorter than a normal gestation so our pregnancy. So uh, we can you can guess that um, uh, a lot of the uh, interspecies hybrids are conceived this way in a, on a an interdimensional level without um, any physical or uh, uh, manipulation or intercourse.
0: Hmm. Um, there's a, a story about I think it was a, a, a Russian wild woman that was also like yeah. uh, a hybrid, part human, part Sasquatch.
1: Yeah, I think uh, yeah I, I described this case in my book. I think her name was uh, Yana or yeah Yana Zana something like that. Zana Zana, right? Thanks. Um, yeah, actually, uh, one of our uh, friends. Uh, 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 Dr. Uh, Igor Burtsev from, uh, was uh, one of the founder of the uh, Institute of Hominology of Moscow. Uh, he's came, he has come to our Sasquatch events uh, in Washington a few years. Uh, he was uh, one who uh, studied that case on the ground and the bones of one of her descent, or a couple of her grandchildren if I remember well mm-hmm. and so uh yeah there's been um that's a famous case because she lived among humans for years she had I think like six children from from men. yeah and uh there's a descent left there's photos of her and uh so that's definitely very hard to deny or to debunk <laughs> Uh, but it's one case among many, you know, uh, like if you go to Australia, in Australia, actually, I met, um, to give an, uh, another example, I met a, a aboriginal woman among many there. And um, I noticed she had around her wrist, her left wrist, she had about a two inches wide band of long hair, like uh, two inches long hair. And uh, we were talking, and uh, I got curious, and I asked her just out mm-hmm. of out of the blue, I asked her, do you have any Yahweh uh, stories, how they call the Sasquatch mm-hmm. down there? And she said, oh, she said, well, let me sit. <laughs> <laughs> and She sat, and she told me that before she was born, in the womb of her mother, uh, the elders of her tribe, uh, were notified that the, well, that John Jerry, which is the small, the short Yahweh type, the hairy humanoids. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, they, uh, chose her to be one of their messenger. And they probably, I would explain it this way, transmitted some of their DNA into the, the belly of her mom, to the womb of her mom. So that's um, that's a very special case that shows again that uh, this intervention was beyond physical, and uh, but has left a very clear physical sign on, on her body. That is fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how how does that affect? the civilization now. It, what if the Sasquatches start doing more hybrid with humans? Will that affect uh humanity?
1: Um <clears throat> could you please uh, repeat that I didn't understand very well that
0: um if Sasquatches continue to inter uh intermate with human beings uh-huh. will that change the course of humanity? Oh yeah uh
1: well, it has. It has since very long, and uh, especially among uh, ancient tribal cultures that have uh, had and in, in, interacted with them for many, many generations. Uh, they are, that's why those cultures very often uh, honor the Sasquatch, or whether they're Yowie or Yeti or wherever in the world they, they are. And um, they honor them in their ceremonies. I've been in uh, several ceremonies where um, there's uh, offerings for them, or they are mentioned in the prayers, or there's Sasquatch songs being tra- uh, ancestral songs being transmitted for the Sasquatch. Uh, I've also been, I know, I've met, uh, I could say, dozens of native elders by now who have had if not a first-hand experience, they uh, have had at least a second-hand, or they know someone who has a first-hand experience, and um, they have legends and stories they tell about them. So that has definitely affected at least those cultures for, for a long, long time. Hmm. Uh, the thing is, is, I mean, regardless of the... <coughs> percentage or proportion of uh, Sasquatch oh. any, anyone can carry uh, if it's not coupled with a consciousness or a spiritual understanding uh, it's not going to do much by itself I mean it's probably can affect some people's life, yeah. but if it's not turned into uh, like a deeper uh, soul transformation uh, it's just like we have, uh, other DNA's probably from other, uh, beings that we're not aware of and, uh, doesn't do much unless we realize it.
0: How about infusing humans with consciousness, like the information that you've been able to download?
1: Yeah, well, it's all, um, <clears throat> it has to be done in, um, mutual consent. Uh, they cannot force knowledge or or consciousness. They they wouldn't because it would be against the the universal law. They cannot force anyone to say, now you're becoming conscious and you're going to have to do this and that. It's a choice. They can offer it. They can say, well, well, for instance, we get this information downloaded for you if you're willing to accept it. If you accept it and you do use it, righteously either by transforming your own life growing spiritually or sharing it with others that will uh, benefit from it well then there might be another one and and more and more and signs manifesting when i was uh, channeling the books actually the the sasquatch message to humanity they they were basically manifesting on a daily basis uh for many many various different ways but they were like always keeping up with me updating me to say we're here you know we're doing this together just that even f- just for my own confirmation that, uh, that it was really happening when you know when you, you hear a message that says uh, go outside look up to the spaceship and you go and there's a spaceship hovering uh, over your house Uh, you kind of start to believe, yeah, it's not just in my head. Uh, When you hear uh, footsteps, or you see, um, you see them appear, or whatever, uh, you know, something appears on your table, or or this kind of things. Mm -hmm. It takes a while to get used, but after a while, you understand, well, we're we're interacting, and we're communicating, and that's to keep this connection alive, and not only strong, but strengthening it
0: um is there a way to for humans to reach out to sasquatches so they can have more contact
1: yeah there's definitely uh I've, i'm asked this question often and i've uh, written a few articles about it or talked about it in my books it's, um, in the let's say i'll start with this there's a an old uh, anishinaabe teaching uh about it's called the seven grandfathers teaching uh, there's seven beings that uh represent seven different uh virtues or qualities <coughs> for instance the uh, turtle is truth wolf is love uh, bear is courage uh, and so on and um one of them is uh, Misabe, or how the Anishinaabe calls us Misabe or either Sabe or Kichistabe. And uh, the virtue they the represent is honesty. Uh, why? Because beings, telepathic beings. beings, they can read our thoughts. So there's no way you can lie to them. <clears throat> there's no way you can trick them. And also, people who try to put like traps and hidden cameras and stuff like that—it's it, ridiculous because there's there's uh, stories even that confirmed that they they hear you think miles away before you even show up. So if you come there trying to 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 trick them to prove they exist, you you won't get anything. If you you come, you want to contact Sasquatch out of pride, you know, or or, uh, if you want to harm them, or if you want to even take photos and become famous and rich, or become their guy who proved they exist, all this kind of stuff, it's not going to work. That's that's the best recipe for zero results. When people ask me how to contact with Sasquatch, and I can say honestly, there's uh, dozens of people so far who have had their first contacts with them uh, by following my guidance or through reading my books and uh, that's what i've been told um, you have to have pure intention to start with you have to have a very humble <clears throat> honest uh, loving peaceful heart it's the same like i say often if you want to approach, approach uh, elders for teachings you have to be humble Uh, you don't have any expectation you don't have they don't owe us anything they don't have to serve anybody's agenda but they will come and meet you and teach you if they see you already you have the right attitude you come with your uh pure loving humble heart and show it to them you can express well well, this intention uh first the best place you can they can manifest anywhere but the best place always remain wilderness uh you have to go in nature and and i'm not talking about the city park next block i'm talking Mm -hmm. i mean you have to go where a bear can roam so you got a chance to 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 be in their environment you have to learn to drop your fear that's very important because they don't want to freak us out and they don't want to you know it can be very impressive and very uh even traumatic many people who had an encounter were traumatized and, and they don't want to hear anymore about sasquatch they completely cut it off that's because they were not ready so before you want to meet sasquatch make sure you prepare yourself that's the the best way to guarantee some result. Uh, prepare yourself by being so full of love and peace that fear is not an obstacle anymore. I'm not saying you're not going to be afraid, even, you know, still uh, happens to, to me when I'm surprised or since you hear some branches cracking behind you and heavy footsteps coming your way. Of course, we got this uh, flight or fear reaction, you know. A uh, fight or fight, whatever. We we don't want to fight the Sasquatch, that's for sure. Um, so I'm I'm saying the best the work starts within, in your soul. Start preparing yourself. Start uh develop uh, cultivating the right attitude, the right intentions. Then if you go in the wilderness, you go express to them. You can do uh bring offerings. Uh, offerings are not, uh, it's not important exactly what. I mean, don't bring them junk food or, or, or you know, trinkets or crap, scrap that they don't need, but yeah. even a, a piece of your hair or a, a feather, a rock or a piece of craft you made, whatever, something that is, that you would give a friend that you respect. Not uh, like throwing crumbs to to, to an animal. You know? Bring something that uh, you would give a friend you honor and express it. You know, speak out loud, you can play uh, your drum or your flute, or you can do a song or whatever to express that you're there with good intention and you're asking to meet or you're ready to meet. Uh, That doesn't mean it's going to happen the first day. But I can tell you that there's been so far dozens of people who have followed these instructions and had some results. Maybe you're going to just find a a stick structure the first day or the the first time or maybe uh, some footprints. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to hear some knocks or you're going to hear a call in the forest. Doesn't mean they're going to come and sit with you right away. But then also that's a gradual process to make sure, are you really into it? You know, it's not like a weekend hobby that I'm going to go talk with Sasquatch and uh, get back to my normal life and... uh, it's kind of a spiritual choice, and just to um, to just as an example, just last week, you know, I went to my brother who lives a half an hour from here, and he has a square mile of wood behind him. He has bears and wolves and coyotes and deer and stuff, so it's it's a nice piece of nature. And he's read my books, and since he's read my books, he's had a few small signs, like you know, tree broken, eight feet high, just next to him, and things like that. And uh, we did uh, some kind of a vision quest, and we went and walked out in the wood, <clears throat> and we found a beautiful tree structure, it looked like a hut. There's no humans going there. There's not, you know, nothing could have done that and it other than Sasquatch and I call those structures communication devices because that that's a way they have to manifest their presence and to try to communicate with us because most people won't even notice or walk by but if you do if you start to observe those structures that you you see how intelligently intricately they are woven and they are uh, they carry a lot of information information and messages so uh that was right behind my brother's place because he had been preparing to meet them and the first day we went out we found the structure and to uh, to finish the day on our way back we started eating wood uh we started hearing wood knocks all around us at one point you hear wood knocks in one direction you say oh maybe someone is uh i don't know shopping or something but then you hear it on the other side and on the other side and on the other side so that in a wild forest so that's definitely a clear sign that they manifested to show us they acknowledge our efforts to reach out Uh, but since my brother is new to this you know they go slowly they're gonna give us signs of their presence around but after a little practice they might come closer and uh, so that's how it works wow well that definitely will give my listeners
0: uh something to go out and try for themselves and experience it if they're willing to open themselves up enough to the experience
1: yeah Hopefully, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so before we – thank you for coming on. And before we wrap it up, where is the best place for my listeners to find you and find your posts?
1: Okay. Uh, my website, scenicsasquatch.com. And scenic stands for uh, Sasquatch Close Encounter Network for Interspecies Communication. We got over uh, 700 posts so far with uh, videos, links, articles, and uh, – a lot of information about Sasquatch on the homepage of that website uh, there's the links to my six books so far uh, published in the last uh, 6 years wow. um, yeah awesome. and other yeah other groups or uh, pages i uh, also manage yeah. awesome
0: so i will put a link to that in those episodes so listeners can check out your work and buy I some do. of your books thank you thank you again Uh, this was a pleasure talking to you i really appreciate you coming back on again likewise thank you for inviting me all right hang on for one second excuse me i'm just going to play the outro